All right, welcome back to my channel. My name is Dylan Jarris. I'm a multi six figure Etsy seller. Um, I've done almost $1.3 million in sales on Etsy. I do three to $400,000 a year and 30 to 40,000 a month. And no, I don't have a whole team of people in the other room who is actually doing that for me. So this is um, really my husband and I. Yes, I'm married, I have two kids, I live in Southern California, but I'm from Minnesota, and um, my whole background is in e-commerce. So I was a buyer for Zappos, for Zulily. I studied buying and product development. Um, I went to business school. I am heavy in the business side. So for me, you get the business side, not necessarily the artist side, um, but it's all about making a lot of money uh, on Etsy because Etsy's a great vehicle to do that out of today's you know e-commerce options. Today I'm doing part two of the Q&A that I started in my last video and I'm really excited to get into the rest of it. People have asked you know how much profit do you actually take home from that three to four hundred thousand a year. People have talked about my the cost of my coaching program which is actually in the last video. So I'm answering every single question that has been asked to me. There's nothing that I'm leaving out. So here we go. Is it possible to sell on Etsy as a student or is it too time consuming? How to sell part time? Okay, you can definitely do this. I would say half of my students work at least part time if not full time. And in my first year on Etsy where I, where I did $134,000, I was living in a one bedroom apartment with my husband, a dog and a, and a newborn baby. Um, I literally was working while he was strapped to me in a little baby carrier and I made it happen. So, you know, needless to say, my I was a bit distracted. I had a lot going on. I, we still made it happen, right? I had no childcare help at that time. We still made it happen. So yes, absolutely. If you are willing to, you know, spend your, devote your free time to, um, to Etsy, you know, see it as an investment of your time, right? Etsy is an investment vehicle that you can make money through. Um, and if you're willing to do that with your free time after work, by all means, you can do this part-time. Okay, another question. How much work a day do you have help with the kids from a new business owner, stay-at-home mom? Yes, so I have um, I have a nanny for my one-year-old, and that is from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. My son is in uh, kindergarten, and that is from, let's see, 8 a.m. until 2.30, but sometimes he stays after until 4.30. So yes, roughly from like, I would say like, eight to three, eight to four, I have help with the kids. We have no family around. We don't have like babysitters um, coming to our house in the evenings or weekends. Like it is all on my husband and I outside of those, you know, what is it? Like 35, 40 hours a week. But for my oldest son, um, for the first six months, I did not have any help with childcare. I was literally working during the nap times. And then when he went to bed, um, but his nap times were like 20 minutes. He like, oh my gosh, I almost died because he, he was, like the worst sleeper ever. I almost lost my mind actually. Um, but yeah, I was working during the nap times or I would work with him in the carrier. And you know what? I look back on that time and I think, how the heck did I do that? But you just make it happen. You just do. Just say, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to make it happen. And then when he was six months old, I hired a nanny from, let's see, it was 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So in between his first two naps, for it was back then it was like $12 an hour and I did that for his, uh, the next six months and then I moved him into a nanny share once he was over the age of one and that was from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. So integrate childcare help um, as you grow your business. I always waited too long to get more help but it's so possible to do a high volume 
of sales while you are home with your kids. All you have to do is really decide that that's your path. If you're willing to work hard and you're willing to choose, you know, choose your hard. They always say choose your hard. If that's the hard you're willing to choose, you by all means can do it. How is Shopify different from Etsy? Well, Shopify is really, it's your own website. So it's like your own, um, so it's your own platform. You, you own your customers, you own their emails. You can do all your email marketing to them. Um, they are shopping directly from you. So the fees are a lot different. Um, it's gonna be like a 3% transaction fee versus like nine and a half percent, right? Uh, you save a lot of money in fees. Um, if you're thinking about doing Shopify before Etsy, I would say no way, do not do that unless you are an influencer and have tens of thousands of people who follow you. Do not start with Shopify, otherwise you're gonna put all this time into building this website and have no customers. People don't realize this when they start Shopify, when they start their own website. Okay, you have this website, but you have no one coming to it. So Etsy, you're gonna leverage that first. You're gonna double down on Etsy first. You're gonna build up your sales, your traffic, your reputation, everything on Etsy. And then I teach you in my program, I teach you when, at what level, at what sales volume, it becomes more profitable to have your own Shopify website. So I teach you, and I also teach you how to get your customers from Etsy over to your website. I would say at least 90% of my customers who shop directly from my website uh, come through Etsy, right? They come to my website through Etsy and I am leading them there in a way that does not violate any Etsy policies. And I actually worked with Etsy customer service to verify the right words to use to do this so that I would never get in trouble. I give you these words in my program. If you are interested in starting on Shopify, I teach you how and when to do that. And I teach you how to get your Etsy customers over to your website. Because when you start your own website on Shopify, that is the biggest number one hurdle is getting customers that you don't have to pay for. And so um, I do almost 100,000 a year on my own website and the, all my customers, almost all of them, I would say at least 90% are come over from Etsy. If you're interested in, in learning that, it's, uh, it's really valuable. It'll save you a lot of money in fees. Can you explain the benefits of including and not including postage in the price? So I always recommend testing this. I don't think it's one way for every for every category. And, and you know, Etsy, they say, oh, you know, if you offer free shipping, we're going to promote you more in search. I don't think that's always true. I found myself that that's not always true. I use um, including postage in the pricing or not including it in the pricing as a way to be competitive, as a way to differentiate myself from the competition if we are going head to head. While you never want to compete solely on price, you can test your pricing to include shipping and not include shipping. Um, I recommend doing tests of at least two weeks to get results. I'm assuming if you're asking this question that you have some level of traffic coming to your shop already, there's not a black and white answer. Um, it really depends on the competitive, competitive you know, arena that you're in and the competitive landscape. What is gonna help you stand out and convert people and get more visits than your competition? So I test both and you will find what works, you will. And you will see through customer behavior which one works better. So what are your thoughts on new listings daily like so many gurus suggest? So 
No, you do not need new listings every day. Um, you should be going to Etsy and like working on your shop every day, have activity on your account. You don't need to publish new listings every day. You, you definitely don't want your listing mix to look the exact same at the end of the year as it did at the start of the year, but you do not need to upload one new listing every day. That's, um, that's not necessary. And I don't think that that's the most profitable way to spend your time. Are there things we should be doing daily in our shop to keep the algorithm happy? Yes, driving your own traffic. Um, my Pinterest strategy, my Facebook strategy, and my Instagram strategy. Those are the three things that you should be doing daily in your shop. I'm assuming you've already updated your SEO, but those are three actions. If you've updated your SEO and your photos um, and, and your descriptions to be high converting descriptions, then, um, then driving your own traffic, the Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram strategies. Would love to know more of your thoughts on Pinterest strategy. Okay, yes, it is 100% necessary, especially if you do not have a many, many snowballs of pins already out there. It's You need to be doing it, and it only takes 10 to 20 minutes a day, but if, you, um, if you're willing to put in that time up front, I would say maybe a year to 18 months of doing this, you will be paid back for this investment of your time for years and years to come. Okay, someone said, okay, okay, fine, non-Etsy, but your lashes. Tell me your secret. Okay, I was, um, so I was born with long eyelashes. These are all real, no serum, no extensions, no, um, like nothing fake, right? Just mascara. Um, it's CoverGirl Lash Blast Volume in the color very black. Um, but I was born with very long eyelashes. So they called me was Miss Eyelashes of 1990. So I was born in 1990. Um, and that's what like my little birth announcement said from the hospital. So I was born with these. My son has them. They're really cute on him. I love little boys with long eyelashes. Um, but yeah, they're real. And CoverGirl Lash Blast. It's the orange tube and in the color very black. So two coats. Uh, two coats on the top, one on the bottom. If you had to do it again, is there anything you would do differently? Oh man, oh, yes, so much. I mean, I did six and a half years of trial and error. So if I could do anything differently, I would remove all the things that were error steps and only do the trials the steps that worked. Um, but some of the biggest errors that I made were not hiring childcare soon enough, not hiring an assistant soon enough, not raising my prices fast enough, yeah. I was drinking water from a fire hose for a long time. I And I'm at the point now where I'm continuing to raise my prices, raise my prices to see what that threshold is for demand. It's insane what my margins are at. Later on, you guys ask about my profit. So there's a question coming up on this, on my margins, but raising my prices faster and sooner. One, to keep my sanity and, to, and two, to be paid more for my time that I'm putting in because I put in, you know, a lot of hours, if I could have raised my hourly wage up over $100 an hour a lot sooner, it just would have been better, so much better for my family. I might have been like less resentful towards like challenging customers, to be honest. And yes, if I had to do it all over again, those are some, some of the big things that I would do. Be, I would also be more picky with my customers and trust my gut when someone feels like, um, like they are on like another planet, you know what I mean? If, if someone's throwing me like a thousand red flags before the transaction starts, I should have trusted myself and just politely declined their business. Not everyone's your customer 
and um, the ones that are challenging are going to really suck you dry and you might realize like all the time you invest in that transaction, you might be losing money on that transaction at that point with the amount of time that certain people will take up from you. All right, the next question is how do you manage Etsy, Shopify, and Amazon? Do you sell on Amazon the same as on Etsy? So I um, do most of my volume on Etsy. Um, Shopify is around like 80 to 100,000 a year. Um, Amazon's a lot smaller. Now, with Amazon, I sell on Amazon Handmade. There are tricky little things you can do to be able to do this, and I sell under a category um, where it's technically customization, even though it's not totally really customization. Um, I do this so that I don't have to accept returns. Um, that is the whole reason I set up Amazon this way, is so that I do not ever have to deal with Amazon returns because that was a big no-no. I, I talked to Amazon for a while um, before I started. They approached me like several times uh, about selling on their platform and I found I found out a way that works that I do not have to accept returns. So it's worked out pretty well. And I do just raise my prices accordingly to account for their higher fees and cut, the cut that they take. I also utilize this, the nuances that they allow for those categories in order to be able to charge more um, than I charge on Etsy or my own website. So there are things you can do um, in order to be able to charge more to cover the increase in the fees. How, how to stand out and gain traffic as a new print-on-demand store for shirts and sweatshirts? Oh, that's a question, right? That, that's a big question a lot of people are asking. I actually took a look at the, person's, um, the person who wrote this. I took a look at her shop. My biggest call-out would be to not use the same mock-ups that everyone else is using. So that's my number one thing um, on Etsy. If you just use the same mock-ups as everyone else, you have no competitive edge. You have no point of differentiation between you and the people next to you in search results. So highly recommend not using the standard mock-ups that everyone else is using. There are two ways to get around that. So there are ways you can do this with still mock-ups or you can do this with your own photography. Um, I have a lesson on 10 types of photos to have in your listing. And I think that would be really beneficial for some of the print-on-demand uh, crowd. Here's this one. Tips for how to convert people who favored, favorited your shop into customers. So you cannot message them directly on Etsy, um, but if I was being really scrappy, if I was hungry for sales, if I was just feeling really tenacious, like I'm gonna get these people to be my customers, yes, um, I would go look them up, follow them on Instagram. And let's say their name is you know, somewhat common, just follow the first 15 people. It's on your business account, go to your business account and um, just go through and follow people who favorited you. You're not gonna hit the nail on the head and find the person easily every time, but hey, you might be able to find 50% of the people that have favorited your shop or favorited your items. If I was really, really hungry for sales, if I was really hustling, that's what I would do. Obviously all through your Instagram business account. Why do you think people still buy Instagram post templates? What digital products are profitable now? Um, I'm selling Instagram post templates on Etsy, but sales are low. My shop is three months old. Do you think people, okay, your th shop is three months old. I'm guessing you don't have a good track record yet. So I would, my question for you is, what do your listings look like? What are your prices? Um, is the total value, the combination of your listing photo and your price better than all the competition? If it's not in your new shop, you, you have to change that. So you have to have your listing photo be packed with value and the combination of your photo and your price 
to be more a better value than everyone else around you. You've got to be more attractive than every other listing photo around you. And yes, people are definitely still buying Instagram post templates. What digital products are profitable now? Um, you know, this really all depends on how much, wh what you're looking at. Are you looking at your gross margin percent or are you looking at your profit dollars per transaction? You know, something that might have like an 80% gross margin, um, selling for $3, I wouldn't say that that's a good way to go for making a lot of money on Etsy. I would say in terms of what digital products are profitable, it has to be something that's really valuable. It has to be something that people consider a need more than a want. It has to be really compelling compared to the competition. Um, I don't recommend going head to head with some someone else uh, with like the exact same type of digital product. You have to be different in some way other than price. That's the only way to be profitable with digital products. And I also like to point out that it's always easier to sell someone something that either helps them make money or alleviates pain or um, inconvenience or hurt in their life. So that's what I would recommend um, thinking about when you are thinking about what types of digital products um, are gonna be the easiest to sell. Um, also, you have to be exceptionally more talented than the guy next to you. So um, practice makes perfect. If you're selling digital products, you can't just copy people next to you. You have to be exceptional in some way. Oh, have you tried the curly girl method for your hair? I have. Uh, when I was, I, when I started getting curly hair when I was like probably 12 years old and I tried some aspects of the curly girl method. I didn't fully adopt it, but I have very naturally curly hair. For my schedule, when I, when I wear it like this, when I blow it out and kind of do some beachy waved kind of thing to it, it lasts a lot longer. So I don't have to wash it for like five days when it's curly. Um, when I have it natural, I have to, I feel like I have to wash it more to get the bounce back in the curls. And I tend to do this more when I'm busier. <laughs> Someone asks, aside from doing the work, does Etsy success come from just not giving up? Yes. If you're willing to take the right profitable action steps and only do action steps that are going to help you make money, so not busy work, this means doing things that are uncomfortable. This means doing things like, you know, my Facebook strategy, my Pinterest strategy, my Instagram strategy. Um, this means doing some steps that maybe other people aren't willing to do to drive your own traffic. This just means not giving up. So like the book I referenced um, in my last video, The Dip by Tim, I think, Godin, Godin, that needs to be like your inspiration. Like push past the dip when most people give up. And really it's interesting. Once you push past that and get to a position where you're in, you're in that marathon strategy, so I teach like the sprinting strategy and the marathon strategy, when you push past it, it is so nice. Like I continue to raise my prices and I like, it's almost like I can't even get sales to slow down if I wanted them to. So it is so worth it if you just push past the dip, take the right profitable action steps, just keep moving forward. Don't give up, don't back down, have constant pressure on improvement and just keep pushing forward. Just keep leaning into it. And the thing is, most people aren't willing to do that. Most people want to back down. Most people need a break. Most people want to put a pause on things to like regroup their mind. But this is when, when those people are pausing, that's when you zoom past them. That's when you push harder. Honestly, when I feel like giving up, I'm motivated because I know my competition might also feel like giving up right now. And I know they might be kind of backing off, taking their foot off the gas per se. When I feel like giving up, it 
it pushes me to double down and work as hard as I can. It pushes me to go harder than I was before because I know, okay, I feel like giving up right now. I feel like taking a break. I feel burned out and like backing off from this, from Etsy. My competition, you know, they're in the same market, facing a lot of the same problems and stresses. Like they're probably feeling the same way. And I know half of my competition probably will take that break. So I'm gonna push forward, step on the gas when I when I feel like giving up because I know a lot of other people are are easing up at that time. So what, let's see, what do you think the re- biggest reason that the majority of shops don't make it big? One is they're not listening to their customers. They are not saying yes to every single request for customization for a new product. They're not listening to their customers. They're trying to come up with their own ideas. And when you, when you, when you accept ideas from customers, you're always gonna do 10 times better than trying to come up with your own ideas. So um, if they're not saying yes to every single customer request, they're not expanding their product line in the right way. And if you say yes to every single request, you will end up with a shop full of market leaders, full of products that customers actually want versus coming up with a shop full of products that you think people might want. It's a lot better to come up with a shop full of products that are proven because people have been asking you for those things. I think that's a big reason um, a lot of shops don't make it big. They're not saying yes to everything. Um, I also think that uh, a lot of shops get discouraged too easily and give up. Um, A lot of people just give up too soon. So not saying yes, to every customer request, giving up too soon, and, and not growing, not pushing yourself to grow and change. If your shop looks the same in December as it did in January, right, 12 months ago, that's a big, big, big problem. If you are not pushing yourself to evolve, to change, to to anticipate trends, to, to better align with your customer and what they're telling you, that's a huge problem. Your shop at the end of the year, after 12 months, should look ra- not radically different, but it should look different and it should be improved from what it was 12 months ago. So not changing, not growing, not educating yourself um, while you're growing your business is a huge reason that jobs don't make it big. Another reason they don't make it big is because they're copying the people around them. They're focusing on chasing trends, chasing their competition, instead of differentiating in ways other than price. That's another huge reason people will not make it big. All right, the last question. I promised I was gonna answer this. If you don't mind sharing, what's your annual revenue versus annual profit? Okay, this is insane and it might make some people mad because I know a lot of shops out there, um, a lot of the ones on YouTube, you know, they're doing print on demand. Um, People who do my revenue, a lot of times it's through print on demand and um, the margins are not as good. The most accurate way to really figure out my exact profit is through my tax returns, right? So um, no, I'm not going to share that here. But so outside of sharing my tax returns, you know, I share my I share my shop stats. I share the the back end of my shop so you can kind of see what I'm doing. Um, So my last full year where we have 360 in revenue. My, my take home from that was 270 to 275. So that's profit, right? That's before taxes. So that's a huge reason why we do real estate, right? Because 270 from me, um, plus, you know, I'm not gonna say what my husband brings home, but puts us in a tax bracket where we are gonna have to pay a lot in. So yes, that's why we use real estate as an investment vehicle to put that money to work. I'm also a Washington state resident, so I do not pay state income tax. 
which is amazing, right? I live in California, but because we're military, I am a Washington state resident and I avoid a fair amount of taxes that way as well. Yes, when you when you start to make this amount, it's about a 75% gross margin, um, a little bit better than that. And yes, I did not start out with this. Uh, my, my margins when I started were closer to 50%, but my blended margin right now is over 75%. Yes, it's very nice. And it's, and it's interesting because at this point I'm raising my prices, my margins going up, my revenues going up, and my hourly wage is increasing. So it's a really great place to be. That's why it's worth it to put in the work up front. There was, there's no easy, quick fix. There's no magic way to make this happen. There's, it's really all effort. It's really all effort and not giving up when other people do. Yeah, around 270, 275 for profit. And um, we do this year after year after year. That's that's the key here. This isn't one good year. This isn't one lucky, you know, viral product that, that happened. This is really building a steady, consistent business that gets you to that multi six-figure level. And yes, multi six-figure profit. Our profit from Etsy has been over a million dollars. I know, I know that's crazy. You know, a lot of people say like, oh, you know, we did a million dollars in sales, but our profit was like 400 or something. We are very blessed, but it is not without just relentless, unstoppable hard work. So if you want it, you can have it. I really believe that. Um, you just have to be willing to work harder than everyone else. Put in more effort and take the right profitable steps along the way so that you're not spinning your wheels, spending month after month, you know, throwing spaghetti at the wall. I hope this was interesting. Uh, it was kind of fun doing this. I might try to do this more often. If you have any questions about anything I've talked about, please follow me on Instagram at Dylan Jarris. Send me a message or you can email me at team at And if you enjoyed this video, please subscribe. Um, that would mean a lot to me and it, it really encourages me to keep going. Otherwise, I'll see you in my next video.